to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a writer at Baseball Prospectus and the host of the Locked On Yankees podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts or at the Locked On Yankees handle. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. I'd like to thank all of the returning listeners and to all the first timers. I'm glad you're here. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. I know I will, because today we'll be discussing the Yankees' 8-0 victory over the Red Sox. We'll also take a closer look at James Paxton's outstanding outing, which he needed and the team needed. We have more injury news, because it wouldn't be a Locked on Yankees podcast without injury news. But before we get into all that, remember, you can get Locked on Yankees and all other Locked on podcasts straight to your phone by subscribing on the brand new podcasting app Himalaya. You can also subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Locked on Yankees in your car by telling your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. So last night turned out to be a fun game. It started off a little slow for both teams, with both starting pitchers setting the batters down in order in the first and the second innings, and the top of the third for Paxton. And then the bottom of the third, the Yankees got the scoring going against Chris Sale. Brett Gardner led off with a double, and after Romine flied out to Jackie Bradley Jr., and Mike Tockman struck out swinging, DJ LeMayhew hit a single that scored Gardner to put the Yankees up one nothing. Aaron Judge walked, LeMayhew advanced to second, Luke Voigt singled to Jackie Bradley Jr., and LeMayhew scored, and then Gleyber Torres struck out swinging to end the inning, but the Yankees were up 2 nothing. The top of the fourth, Paxton got into a little bit of trouble, simply because he nearly gave up a home run to Xander Bogarts, but it was reviewed and it was a double instead, but no harm, no foul, because after that, J.D. Martinez and Steve Pierce made outs, and after a mound visit, Mitch Moreland struck out swinging. I should add that Mookie Betts walked to start the inning, and then Bogarts hit the double. That could have been a two-run home run, so thank goodness for the walls at Yankee Stadium. The bottom of the fourth, Clint Frazier led off with an opposite field home run. Austin Romine singled, and then Mike Tockman doubled to score Romine, and that put the Yankees up 4 nothing In the sixth, Erasmo Ramirez replaced Sale. Gio Urshela hit a double. Brett Gardner walked. Austin Romine hit a very well-placed sacrifice bunt that moved the runners to second and third. Then Mike Tockman stepped in and hit the first home run of this his season and I think his career. And John Sterling's call was disappointing, to say the least. He said, Tockman the Sockman, which, okay, I mean... He probably wasn't expecting Mike Tockman to hit a home run, but, you know, John, come on, you have to have something good in your pocket, and that was not good. So hopefully, if Mike Tockman hits another home run at some point, he'll have a better call. (laughs) After that, LeMayhew grounded out, Judge hit a single, and then Luke Voigt grounded into a force out. That got Judge out at second for the last out of the inning. In the top of the seventh, Paxton struck out the side, and that's a big deal. We'll get into that later. Bottom of the seventh, Gleyber Torres led off the inning with a home run to right center field, putting the Yankees up 8-0 in the top of the eighth. And yes, James Paxton is still pitching. He struck out Devers. He struck out Sandy Leone. Then he gave up a double to Bradley. And after a mound visit by Romine, Mookie Betts flied out to Aaron Judge to end Paxton's night. 
and what a night it was for him. Again, we'll get into it. After that, Joe Harvey came in to close the game. He got Bogarts to ground out. J.D. Martinez hit a single. Steve Pierce flied out to left. Mitch Moreland flied out to right to end the game. So final was 8 nothing, And the time of the game was 2 hours and 23 minutes. This game was so fast that it was over at 9.03 p.m. A Yankees-Red Sox game was over at 9.03 p.m. Granted, it, the start time was around 6.35, but still, it was a miracle. It was a miracle that the Yankees won because of the way they've been playing lately. It was a miracle that the game was so quick and so clean and so good for the Yankees. Maybe it was just positives all around. It was a miracle that Chris Sale didn't discover himself against the Yankees. That was my biggest fear that we were all talking about how bad Chris Sale has been so far this season and that he would rediscover how to pitch against the Yankees. And for those first couple of innings, it looked like he had, he even hit 97 on the gun. So things looked to be going well for him. And then they didn't. Remember to get the show every day, subscribe to Locked on Yankees on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Yankees. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? You would stride to the plate and hit a first pitch home run every time? Well, now you can return to your glory days. You can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Just think of it as a PED that won't get you suspended. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. I wouldn't recommend taking them on the subway because they're chewable and they work up to twice as fast as a pill, but if you want your lady to take a long ride on the D train, Blue Chew is for you. This isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. What's more, Blue Chew is cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code MLB. You just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back. Let's discuss James Paxton, because what a performance by him last night. Not only did he give the Yankees length, but he shut down the Red Sox. He gave up those two doubles, and that was it. He struck out 12. At one point, he struck out six in a row, and that was more toward the end of his outing. He just looked incredible. And I realized that the Red Sox are struggling, but he just... Wow. He was painting the corners. He was making them look silly on swings. I mean, he just looked so good. He looked like the pitcher that the Yankees traded for. Both Paxton and the team needed that outing. So good for him for having that sort of outing and doing it against the Red Sox. I mean, I know it seems silly, but Yankee fans are silly. And for him to come out and do that against the Red Sox, like I said, even though they're struggling right now, is a really big deal. I know that Michael Kay said on the broadcast last night, which I watched some of, but I listened to the game mostly, he said that Paxton earned his pinstripes, which 
I have an issue with that. He earned his pinstripes as soon as he was traded, but whatever. Paxton threw a lot of pitches last night. He threw 110 pitches. This is how they broke down. 80 fastballs, 5 knuckle curves, 1 slider, 24 cutters. Now, this is important because there was an interesting stat last night after the game that Coley Harvey from ESPN posted. And it said, Chris Sale and James Paxton combined to throw 101 pitches at 95 miles an hour or faster. Paxton threw 78, Sale threw 23. That's the most pitches at that speed by lefty starters in any single game in the last 10 seasons. So Paxton was throwing heat all over the place, but in good ways. If you look at his pitch chart on Baseball Savant, sure, there are some balls that got away from him, but most of them are around the zone. A few of those knuckle curves got swinging strikes, which was good, and called strikes and outs. So uh, better than the game against Houston when the Astros knew his knuckle curve was coming and they were hitting it or taking it. So Paxton said that he looked at video which we knew about because he looked at it with Carlos Beltran. So that session helped him a lot last night. So again, good for him. He said after the game, it's a big deal because it's against Boston, especially being here. We want to beat Boston every time. And it was a big start for me just to get my feet under me and show myself that I can be here and do this. As for Chris Sale, he was not happy with his performance. He said it disappointed his fans, himself, and his family which leads me to believe, are people harassing his family because he's not doing well? Because if that's the case, please stop doing that. I understand your team won the World Series last year, and they're not starting off very well, and Chris Sale is a big reason as to why they're not starting off very well, but it's baseball, and these things happen, and don't harass anyone's family. That's just so out of line. Don't do it. Sale pitched five innings. He gave up four runs on seven hits. He struck out six, gave up the home run to Frazier, and his pitch breakdown goes as follows. He threw 46 sliders, 33 four-seamers, nine change-ups, three two-seamers, two knuckle curves, and that's it. He threw 93 pitches in five innings. So yeah, it was not a good outing for him. Like I said, I was afraid that it was going to be a good outing for him because it looked like it was heading that way, and then it wasn't. So good for the Yankees. <laughs> Not good for Chris Sale. Good for the Yankees. Not good for the Yankees. Another injury. One we're not surprised about because we were expecting this person to become injured at some point because he's always injured at some point. And it's sad to watch because, you know, you don't want someone to be hurt all the time. But at this point, it's almost comical. No, it is comical. I'm sorry. As soon as I saw the Yankees announce that Greg Bird was being placed on the IL, I laughed. I didn't pretend to laugh. I actually laughed out loud in my house because it's absolutely ridiculous that these guys keep getting injured. And this is a bad injury. Apparently he tore his plantar, oh, how do you say it? Fascia, that thing on the bottom of your foot, that you know, Albert Pujols did the same injury and he was out for a really long time. And it's just not a good injury to have. Greg Bird has it because of course Greg Bird has it. So the Yankees called up Mike Ford from triple A. He had been hitting really well in triple A. He didn't play last night. Not sure if he's going to play tonight, but he's up. 
And before I go, I need to talk about Gio Urshela because he made a play on Mookie Betts last night. That was incredible. And I don't care what happens the rest of the season, but that needs to be like a top 10 web gem once the season ends because I couldn't believe it. It looked like a play that something it looked like a play that Manny Machado or Nolan Arenado would make. And it wasn't like he just got bets out. He got bets out by like a step, like a full step. And you know, Betts is not a slow dude. And Urshela actually slipped and fell as he was turning to make the throw, and he still got the throw off and got Mookie Betts out at first. It was incredible. It was so good. So if you missed the game last night look up the play by Gio Urshela because it was fantastic. And Susan Waldman interviewed him after the game was over and he sounds adorable. And I can say that because I'm probably 20 years older than him, Uh, but he sounded very happy to be with the Yankees, very excited about the Yankees beating the Red Sox and excited to just be there. You know, that wasn't the only play. He made another good play at third. So good for him for stepping in and doing some things and, you know, he hit a double and he had a pretty nice game. So it's nice to see him contributing. Tonight we have Hap against Ivaldi. As Matt Imbronio and I said the other day, we need length from Hap, just like we needed length from Paxton. I don't expect Hap to go eight innings against the Red Sox. I really don't. I just don't want him to go two innings against the Red Sox. Who knows, maybe CC talked to him about painting the corners, because it, lo- it almost looked like CC had the same discussion with James Paxton, because he was painting the corners last night, so who knows, maybe Hap will have a good game. Let's all cross our fingers and toes and eyes and hope that it happens. So that's it for today's episode of Locked On Yankees, which is brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate and review this podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. And I will talk to you all tomorrow.